It's time for an NRL Supercoach Roundtable Discussion. We go a little bit deeper in our quest for victory. Now, here's your hosts, Holly G, Ryan MS, Peter Hanson, and Andrew Mulder-Mulder-Mulder. Yes, and welcome to the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable podcast here for another week. And what a week. The final week of regular games for Supercoach before we hit the finals. A lot to get through. Got Andrew Moldock, Mullen O'Reilly with us, of course. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, by the time you're listening to the to it, the carnage would have probably been complete, but at the moment we're going through a lot of pain with the cricket, Pete. Uh, you've been, been paying attention to that. Uh, I think we're seven out now. Yeah, seven for 37. <laughs> uh, I expected two, but anyway, yeah, it's not looking real good. Uh, let's just talk footy. Eh? And Ryan MS, of course, with us as well. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, good. And, of course, um, we did the Sunday review show this week, but as of next week, um, no review show will be covering all the information in your weekly podcast probably do it on a wednesday night going home because of the fact that um thursday night footy's on so um stay tuned to our, our twitter handle at supercoach pros for that but uh more, more than not likely from a wednesday from next week but uh still on the thursday tonight and let's get straight into the topics today andrew Fafita copped the six-week ban for his involvement in um that Penrith Junior District uh, Rugby League game where he abused a referee. And, um, Brian, I'll start with you. Fafita's gone. You've already had said the last two weeks you can get rid of him safely, but just in case you had the option to hold on to him, um, where are you looking now sort of as a, as a, as a replacement? I think for his, um, for his cost, like the fact is, you know, you're going to have a lot of money left over. Yeah. You can pick up someone like um, Corey Parker. Um, yeah who, if you don't already have him, he's obviously he's got, you know, a lot of point-scoring potential, plus he's got the um, two-position um, option as well. So, yeah, I think he's the, he's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, Parker's right up there. Hopefully you've already picked him up. And, um, you know, he's predicted to be right near the top for the remainder of, of, of the, the year and the finals to do well. Andrew, are you looking similarly? Or if you already own Parker, is there another player there? Well, I think someone like Joshua Pilot even, he's, he's another two-position two player playing 80 minutes at the moment with Canberra. So, and again, with them still on the hunt, I think he'll, he'll score well. Um, he usually does. Uh, yeah, can't go wrong with someone like uh, Big Papa. Pete, um, have you got a different opinion in that regard or you think that, you know, Papali or, or Parker are the obvious ones? No, I think they're, those two are pretty much standout guys. You can never go past um, the the king of super coach, Corey Parker, and you know, I think um, uh, Muldog's been very insightful there with Josh Papali. No, I think they're both very good picks, very hard to get past. It's interesting looking at our predictor, you know, we're going to boil it down shortly when we talk about our trade strategy and that, because you're looking at each game in almost individually now. You might not need a guy to go large this week, for example, but, you know, you're looking more at rounds 23, maybe. Is it, is it a sudden death game for you? Maybe you... you you're in the top four. Maybe you're looking specifically at rounds 25 and 26. Um, just looking over the last five rounds, Paul Gallon tops it. And at a similar price of a feeder, you've probably only got a shell out. I think it's an extra sixteen or 20000 I think that's an obvious 
trade. If you don't already own Paul Gallen, we were worried a few weeks ago about whether you know you had the durability, but I think right now it's a safe enough bet. And the reality is, if you don't have him, you'll be giving up points to your opponent, who probably will. So even if that injury occurs, you're not going to lose out necessarily. You, you will just sort of be an even. I think it's worth it. Parker's straight after Gallant, obvious, obvious choice. Um, their feeder was going to be in there at third. So it is a big blow. But, um, you know, you look below that. I'm probably looking at Sean Fenson. A good run home. Um, again, playing, you know, uh, the only issue is he's second rower. So you've got to have one of those other guys in the second row to move to front row. But that's an option for you. Kate Snowden has been good all year, but now with the concussion, I think, and, and the fact the Knights are going poorly, you know, not so good. Jesse Bromwich could be considered, but um, Melbourne a little bit up and down. Um, but, you, you you know, you could do worse. And then Woods and Papali and Madalena are all clumped together with Trent Merrin, believe it or not, after that bunch. So I think, you know, you, you pick your favourite player out of those four and you're probably still okay. But Madalena, whatever he's playing second row, Ryan, you know, you you did the game recap, that Warriors Shars game. He just doesn't get involved as much, Madalena. No, just um, not through any real fault of his own. It's just the fact that that's a position and you don't get your hands on the baller um, as much because you're not really, you know, cutting it up um, at yeah. either end of the field. Uh, you know, it's only when it goes out a little bit wider when they start to get a bit more expansive, which, as we discussed on the Sunday show, is a bit more, more difficult when you've got a makeshift pairing in the halves. That's right. And uh, Bodine Thompson will go to late mail later in the show, but uh, unlikely. Ryan Hoffman, perhaps. So maybe we see Madalino move closer as a, as a last-minute change there. Let's talk about trade strategy now. And... Um, you know, Andrew, I'll start with you. If you've only got two trades left or less, round 22, you probably, you know, maybe you're already in the eight or the four. Maybe you've got an easy game this week that with a team that's checked out for the year. They can't make the finals. Do you save those? Do you pocket them now for next week? Cause you just never know with injuries, even if you own an Andrew Fafita. Oh, I think so, of course, mate. Yeah, just, I mean, especially if you've got, depending on your uh, opponent, but, uh, yeah, I mean, again, this is my, my, my strategy. You've got to save the trades, mate, um, just in case someone else sprays a referee or something like that. Yeah. You just never know, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, save them all. Obviously, check your opponent first. Yeah, make sure you leave at least one in your back pocket just in case the, the, the tragedy strikes. That's the thing with Andrew Fafita being out. You think, all right, I'll rub my hands with him. But he still remains at that price. And if this game's an easy win for you um, going into the finals, then may as well hold on one more week. You get one more week's worth of information. You know, the only issue would be if a guy like Paul Gallon is particular to rise in price larger than what you can afford, then you've got to bring him in this week. Or if you've got more than two trades left, then you're looking to sort of make sure that round 23 you've, you've optimised your lineup. Um that would be a different strategy. But, but Pete, you know, we talked around Origin about making trades mid-round. I mean, you could you could do that again this round where you could say, well, I know Fafita's not going to play, so I'm happy to trade trade him out if I'm, you know, not going as well as expected. But if if the game, if, this, if the round looks heading my way, I'll just keep him in and trade him out next week when I've got that little bit more information about who to bring in. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, as as uh, Moldog just pointed out, can also uh, depend on your injuries to the rest of your squad as well. So, um, no, if you can make your decision as late as possible, then, you know, do it. Yeah, that's right. Ryan, what about if you've got, let's say, four or five trades still up your sleeve, if you've really held them back? 
at, at what point do you really pull the trigger now for making two this week, two next week? Is that is that something where now you, you're looking at round 23, I need my team finalised, or do you still keep a couple up your back sleeve going all the way through potentially to rounds 25, 26, where you can be a bit luxurious with trades, playing matchups, etc.? Yeah, look, I, I think you might maybe do one uh, for this round. That is, you know, if you've got a whole bunch of trades left, um, one for this round if you need to, um, and then just go from there, and that way you can be really measured. So if you go, okay, well, look, I, these two guys, you know, all of a sudden two blokes are injured until, you know, it, it's only going to take like a, a couple-week injury to basically force them out for the season and thus the Supercoach season. Um so yeah, so I think that's a good way. Uh, just measure it, measure it in the in these upcoming these first two uh, rounds coming up towards the end of the season, and then um, yeah, and then just go for break basically after that. Yeah, and when we look at these um, predictions, let's have a look now at round twenty three because this is obviously an eighteen finals league. Everyone's playing round twenty four. Some people will have a buy uh, if you're lucky enough to be a top four finisher. Round 23, you're probably already aiming for. James Tedesco is predicted to go largest. He has a good matchup there. Um, Daly Cherry Evans, another one with a good matchup for round 23. Blake Austin's right up there. So you can see some of these names that maybe this week you're saying, oh, my, yeah, I don't need to bother with those three players. But maybe if round 23 is one you, you want to get a must win, those three are great. Gallons right up after them, um, even though he'll probably get slightly lower than average. He's got a little bit of a down tick, but still... His high sort of average sees him sort of confidently played in that top five. Robert Roger Tavares-Shek's in there. And then you're looking at guys like Brett Morris and Jade Croker with huge upsides um, heading into to round 23. Even Dane Gagai, who's got a very poor matchup this week, he, he comes back with a great one against the Tigers in round 23. So th- these are things now you've really got to start looking forward to already, your matchup against round 23. And not only that, but looking at who you're playing against because you may already know that in round 23, you're most likely to meet a certain opponent. And you can already tick off. Because if you're doing this well in your league, chances are half the players you own are the same. They're the big names. They're the guys that we've talked about on the show all year. These guys that you've targeted all year that you've, that you've brought in at various times. And so your point of difference is your five, six, seven, eight other players are going to be the key differences. And you can look at those matchups for round 23 now and make a key trade. Some of the guys won't have um, some of your, your trades, you may not have the same cash. You know, it's great to bring in a Corey Parker. It's great to bring in a Paul Gallon. But if you can't afford them, we've sort of targeted some 300, 350,000 guys that we think could provide a bit of upside heading home. Andrew, I'll, I'll start with yours. Who do you think, um, you know, risk-reward? These are all risk-reward players. Um, certainly, if you've got the money, we're not saying bring these guys in ahead of your, your big names. But, you know, you've got you to throw a, a dart at one of them. Who do you who do you recommend? Well, I think, uh, given his, uh, <coughs> excuse me, his, his track record in Supercoat, Josh Mansu, so he's, uh, <coughs> like I said, proven Supercoat player, but, again, with uh, Penrith yeah. underperforming this year, he's still a bit of a gamble. Plus, he's, he's, uh, his injury woes this year is it, it, a bit of a gamble, but um, he could be a good point of difference because he's only owned by 6% of teams. So, again, an ex-supercoach gun, only 6% own him, and he's only 300 and something thousand. It's worth looking at. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's worth weighing up about having. A, I'm going to say gamble on him. Yeah. He had a good matchup last week. I mean, the Rabbitohs are never an easy matchup. Let's face it. He has slightly better than average matchup last week. Couldn't quite reach the points we would have hoped for. But having that game under his belt from a long-term injury, you know, he probably needed it. He's got a great matchup against the Eels this week, and it's in Darwin where you expect points to be scored because of the, the the warmer weather, the humidity factor. Then he's got the Warriors, the Dragons, the Raiders and the Knights. There's no real team there where you're, you're quaking in your boots. In fact, there's some really good matchups, and you look at them, you know, I think his lowest score is that final round. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, expected 46, but he's got some scores there in the high 50s, the low 60s. Yeah, that's good. It's good value, and 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 the guy's got plenty of upside. He's had bigger games earlier in the year, so you know, I think that's quite a good one, Pete. Um, what what are you what are you thinking there? Yeah, I found a bit of a, as I say, a point of difference type of player. We did mention him a little while ago on the show, but um, one of my favourite players, I have to say, Gareth Witter, um, his price is about 250,000 at the moment. Had a great match against Newcastle the other day. Scored 121 um, super coach points, um, which I think was a hot, his highest score of the season. He has been a little bit up and down, and his his numbers have sort of corresponded with uh, with the Dragons' up and down form this year. But uh, they had a great win the other day. He was he was instrumental in that. Scored a try, nine goals. This week he is up against the Warriors, which is going to be you know a tough match. Uh, they're traditionally a hard hard team for his position to score against, but in the run home, he's, he's got some easier teams uh, to come up against, such as uh, our West Tigers and, and the Panthers as well. So I think he could be a very good investment, particularly like if one of your players has had an injury just recently, as we mentioned Sean Johnson a couple of weeks ago, or similar. Um, and, you know, he's very good value at the moment, I think. I think he'll, his form will, will get better as we go towards the finals. We talked earlier in the year about, you know, looking at your run home, which of your positions you're going to play off the bench. Maybe you've already got three gun halves in there and you're looking, you know, you maybe thought about four and that, well, I can't quite afford it. Widdop was very good earlier in the year, as you said. Uh, I think he had a 99 there around round 13 and 88 and round 12. And we were talking him up as a potential fourth half. It didn't work out, but partly that was due to the injuries that the Dragons uh, uh, received there. I think a guy like Gareth Witter plays off the back of a strong forward pack, you know, rather than he's not really a Jonathan Thurston um, that can necessarily create something out of nothing. But when you've got a team going forward, he can be very successful and he kicks goals. And so that 121 he scored last week, it's a prime example. The Warriors have been tough against halves all year, but, you know, no Sean Johnson, a tough loss last week. The Saints a great record against the Warriors. I think, you know, you could you could say that, you know, maybe that 37 that he's predicted to score is a low end and it'll probably do better than that. And then you're looking at the mid to high 60s until the last round, which is going to be a bit tougher um, against the Tigers, believe it or not. And, and again, the Tigers... You know, Widdop plays as much like a halfback as he does like a five-eight. Then the Tigers—it's a—it's a quirk with the five-eights not doing well against the Tigers because generally everyone does. So that again, that forty-seven in that last round could could you could double it. So Widdop, you know, it's a very high risk because he had those series of low scores. But if you're not relying on him, um, it, you know, it could be a great point of difference. Uh, Ryan, what were you able to come up with? Um, look, I've gone even a bit more outside of the square on a guy who has dropped some um, value in recent weeks, uh, as in, in Brett Stewart for the uh, Sea Eagles. Right. Um, 
Now, look, I've done this for a few reasons. Um, he bottomed out in round 21 with his lowest score of the year of 11. Um, but in his last five rounds, his average is 55 compared to his um, just his regular average of 43. And he had the injury. He didn't. He only played half the game. Well, so. yeah, exactly right. So, I mean, you can't really help the injury, but yeah. um, just I was just using the 11 as... Well, that, you know, he's 11, is a low score. He's, he's, he's had some other high. low ones, 16, 13. So it's an example of where he can go. Yeah, exactly right. But I just think that the way the Eagles are playing as a team, um, they've got, they do have two relatively tough games in the Rabbits and the Roosters coming up. However, both of those games are at Brookvale. Um, and everyone knows that, yeah, it's not scientific, but for some reason, Brett Stewart scores tries at Brookvale. Something in the air down there, mate. <laughs> I was going to throw it to you, Andrew. You're, you're, um, you're our, you've got our, the finger on the pulse up there in the Northern Beaches. What has, has, has Jeff TV now, accepting that he's not going to be there next year, has that sort of taken the weight off the shoulders up there? Are we now going to see a different team and, and a team that's going to run home to the finals? I think it's just the, uh, the the players are now responsible for their own actions, you know. Yeah. There's no excuse anymore. So it's pretty cliche. I mean, they've got no one else to blame, you know, so they've got to get out and perform. Yeah, that's a good point. Brett, look, Brett Stewart, you know, not predicted to go that high for the remainder. Not that he's got bad matchups. This one is in round 25, as, as, as Ryan mentioned, is. You know, the Roosters are very, very tough. But um, it's just what we've seen so far this year. And that's where, you know, the Brookvale Oval comes into it. He's had, you know, a lot of his better games. That Brookie, it's all about money. If you if that's what you can afford and you're looking at your team and going, I need a point of difference, who am I going to go for? Then that's the chance. If you're, if you're in the top four, if you're leading your comp and you need to play it a bit safer, well, then you don't take these chances because you let the other team take the risk and you end up, you know, the odds are in your favour. But if, you, if you've already weighed it up and you said, I'd rather be his team than mine, what can I do? These three players are, are good options. I'll give you a couple more. Um, Brett Morris, believe it or not, you know, very, very uh, affordable at the moment. Look, he had a really bad matchup a couple of weeks ago and I think he bottomed out, you know, the score of around 11 or 12, might have even been a bit less. So his price is down to 330000 That will change. Um... And he's got some good matchups coming up. So there's no reason why Brett Morris can't turn it on for you there and, um, you know, get, get some good games. And the other guy that's even more out there, under 200,000, is a guy that went from the Knights to the Raiders early in the year, started the season with scores of 78 and 93. It's um, Joseph Lelua. Now, good matchups for the Raiders. And I know he only got seven last week. So much like Ryan's point on Brett Stewart. This is this is very much a shot in the dark, but the matchup suit, the Raiders have got it all to play for heading home. They're going to need Leilua. Um, they're going to need more out of him than what they've been getting, and maybe it's time for him to cut loose. And at two hundred thousand, you may be in a situation where you've only got two trades left. You may have to get rid of Fafita if you've already got him, and you may want to bring in the biggest name possible and it might just leave you with 200,000 left. I think under 200,000, Leilua for your hit and hope, you know, um, much like if one of these Mitchells gets 100, 
the cricket. <laughs> that's that's where you're going. I mean, Johnson and Stark, they could, technically, because we've seen him do it. The same with Joseph Lolua. We've seen him do it. It's not likely, but you just never know. This is the Supercoach Professionals Roundtable Podcast. We do it each and every week, usually on a Thursday, heading into the Supercoach Finals, and with no re- more review show for the year, we may move it to the Wednesday. Of course, there's some Thursday night footy games coming up too, um, but you'll find it on the website, www.supercoachpros.com, either way. And also, um, if you subscribe on iTunes, then it'll just pop into your iTunes when, um, when we've done it. So that might be the easiest way also, there's a lot of other stuff on the website too. Uh, the game recaps, Pete's profits, um, my upgrades, downgrades. We've also got uh, the all important Supercoach previews where we do our top picks um, for this week and we look at you know the upsides and downsides. And we're going to go through that a little bit for you now with our late mail and best picks. James Maloney's predicted to do best this week. Paul Gallon's right up there too. Um, Roger Javasashek, Corey Parker, Cam Smith rounding out a big top five. Maloney gets the uptick, the biggest uptick obviously out of that lot. But some of the others that should do well above their average is Alex Johnston, Dylan Walker, Jared Croker, Mitchell Pearce and Anthony Milford. There are some down ticks. We just talked about Brett Morris being a point of difference in the in the Supercoach finals, but this week is a, a hard one for him. Chad Townsend uh, will find the going tough against St George. Gareth Widdop, we talked about him. He may find it tough in reverse. Dane Gagai, who gets a better matchup the week later, but it's a tough one this round. Uh, Jonathan Thurston and Semi Raj Rajra. Um, and we can also add in there Jack Reed from the Broncos. Um, Blake Austin from the Raiders could have two back-to-back poor weeks, although... If you've got the trades up your sleeve, he could become a guy to buy in another week or two from now. And Daly Cherry Evans. Um, let's look at the games. Brisbane and the Bulldogs. Corey Oates has been named by Wayne Bennett. He's not, you know, he'll be wearing, I think, jumper 17 or reserve jumper, but he will play on the wing ahead of Lachlan Maranta, who may not even um, be on the bench there. So that's one to know if you're a Maranta owner. Um, Greg Eastwood's out for the Bulldogs. Um, Lloyd Perrett will come in there, but... Um, the other players who missed last week, Curtis Ronade, Tom and Frank Pritchard, all good. As is David Clemmer, who um, I think he had the birth of a, of a child during the week, so but he's okay. The Eagles and the Rabbits, it's going to be a bumper game. Uh, Andrew, I bet you're looking forward to it. Uh, all to play for. Steve Maddai and Brett Stewart should be right. Kyle Turner's in doubt for Souths. Um, we could see Paul Carter included there. Chris Griezmann's another one in doubt. It'll be an interesting one, the ex-Gold Coast player. Ben Lowe has retired there. Um, due to ongoing injuries. The Warriors and the Dragons. Ryan Hoffman likely to play there for the Warriors. That may move Ben Maddalino to, to the front row. You've got to follow us on Twitter to get that information, at SuperCoachPros, P-R-O-S. That's where you will get all the late mail, or the final team lists, because we, of course, tweet them out before each and every game, about an hour before kickoff or slightly less. Um, we'll let you know, because a, bi- a big change there if Madalino gets to play prop. Ryan Hoffman hasn't really been in the form that you'd want him for, and even though he's under 200,000, he's not really a consideration. Bodine Thompson could be, but he's not likely to play this week. Jace, uh, Josh Dugan's declared himself a certain starter, but Jason Nightingale will actually be out for a few weeks. He's got ankle injury there, syndrome and mesosis, and I've pronounced that very wrong. Pete, help me, help me out, help me out. Yeah, he had that um, earlier in the year, actually, put him out for a couple of games. Um, yeah, they've got an extended bench going to going to New Zealand, as, as is per normal, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's, a, if there's a late change there, actually, just before. So, yeah, as you said, keep an eye for the for the messages from Supercoach Pros. Syndesmosis, there you go. See? Can, can pull it off after all. Um, 
Interesting with that one, your kitty Glyman has been named uh, ahead of Justin Hunt on the wing. So that's an interesting one. A lot of people might have picked up Glyman uh, a few weeks ago when they were sort of scrounging around and trying to pick up cheapies. Who knows? Uh, you know, St George wingers have done pretty well all year and you know, pretty much a, a lot of no-names as well. Maybe in, in round 26, Glyman wins your championship. It's just, it, it sounds out there, but this is the type of thing that can happen at this time of year. Uh, Sharks in North Queensland. Andrew Fafita, as we mentioned, out until the finals. Look, Wade Graham should be right, but Luke Lewis won't play till next week. Matt Scott. Paul Green's been saying Matt Scott's going to be rested, but apparently they want him to play this one, a big game against Cronulla, and then he'll probably rest it next week. Lachlan Coote has said he'll be right, as will Jonathan Thurston, who got knocked around a bit last week. Eels Panthers both likely 1-17. Um, you know, unless you're a man saw more Cartwright owner or possibly Seguiaro and, and for Paramount of Rad Radra probably, although Junior Paulo's been good um, of late. You know, there are probably not a lot of options there. Storm Titans, another cheapie we've talked about on the show before, Nelson Osafa Solomona. He was uh, admitted last week, but likely to be back this week despite not being named. Christian Welsh is, is the man most um, likely to miss out. Kurt Mann could re- could return also for Melbourne. Tohu Harris, I think they wanted to move him into the forwards, so they need a different option there in the centres. Um, Newcastle and the Roosters, case note in serious doubts. So the guy that's been great for you all year, another one that you may have to cut ties with, um, He's at a good price, so maybe maybe you're looking to make a change there. You know, Andrew mentioned Josh Papalia in the show regarding Andrew Feeder. Could be a swap for Snowden as well if you own him. Um, Joe Tapine likely to come, or Tarpany, I should say, likely to come in for him. Danny Levi could return to the bench in this one. Carlos Tuamavave's been hobbling around at training, so Tyler Randall would get a shot in the halves if that was the case. Uh, also, David Fungalogo, unlikely with, with Matty Ora coming in for him. And the Raiders-Tigers game, not Anything uh, likely to change there, but both teams, you know, it could be a very high-scoring Supercoach one, Ryan, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that actually I'm going to make a ball call and say it's going to be the highest-scoring game of the round. Monday night in Canberra will be pretty chilly, but I don't think that'll matter. I think the points will be scored. Let's look at the tweets now, and... Um, We've got some nice tweets there from uh, Dale the Ninja and Jono just saying thanks uh, for the year. And look, you know, we, we, we're we glad to be of assistance, even if it's just for fun. There's a lot of things that go on in, um, you know, in life. And, and, you know, Supercoach and NRL Fantasy, uh, it's, a, it's a way to sort of, to, to sort of balance it with a bit of lightness, a bit of enjoyment. So, you know, if you can get a win or two as well, win your comp, well, it's a bonus. But we're glad we could be of help and we're, we're so so glad that um you know that you've you've listened throughout the year and appreciated you know what we've done and hopefully you both get a championship out of it um obviously we'll still be doing the um captain's choices we can be talking about you know um going forward i think that's going to be a big one your, your final team lineups even if you've got no trades there's still plenty to discuss Stephen Rostivsky's got a tweet for us uh, he's still got a couple of trades left but he's got Fafita and Dallin Watini Zelezniak who are both uh, gone for the super coach year anyway um, Watini Zelezniak gone for the year he says I'm thinking Croker and Cartwright it will leave me with uh, 18th man George Burgess 19th man Jack Bird and 20th man Ethan Lowe should I pull the pin on it now I'll start with you Andrew I know we already glossed over this a little bit earlier in the show but it all depends, I think, on if you're going to win. 
if you know you're going to win this week, and and he's, and he has tweeted us, it's a must-win game because he'll otherwise miss the eight. So in that regard, maybe you've got to make eight, make those two trades just to be on the safe side. But if you know you're going to win, do you just hold off one more week, or are you happy that I mean they're pretty, they're two pretty good choices. Are you happy? If you know you're going to win, I, I always like to sit on my trades. It's just just that safety net. I mean, I've been, I think I've been stung a couple of times. So that's the only yeah. reason I keep yeah. saying that. I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I just, I just like to, I like to sit on it, especially with Fafita's money. It's not going anywhere. DWZ's not going anywhere. It's just you, you still got a bit of a bankroll too. So yeah, for me, it's, it's especially if you get, you know, you're going to win, hold on to it. And if if things do change, you can always, you know, make a trade. Mid uh, mid round too. Yeah, and when you're looking at at you know Fida's game, um, yeah, the Sharks I think are playing middle of the round. Maybe he's yeah he's mentioned to us he should win the game. He's also mentioned that maybe just Croker this week for DWZ. Look, Croker's got a good matchup, and it's the Monday night game. Um, DWZ, I believe the Penrith Parramatta game is Sunday. Sunday, I think so, yeah. So you've got a lot of time to make that choice. So that's a good one to sort of hold off until Sunday, and then you can make it. Uh, the other one, maybe you, you just take the chance, oh, I won't make it this week. I'll, I'll, I do want um, Cartwright in for feeder, but I'm happy to wait. Um, it's a tough one, Stephen. Uh, Ryan, do you want to weigh in on it? Um, look, I, I'm kind of thinking the same, just... If it's if you can, like yeah, save as many trades as you like. But I guess if if you've got to win, and you know winning means the difference between finals and not, then um, you probably just got to go for broke, but make them um, sensible choices in terms of um, with you know with thought towards the future. Uh, you know, even as limited as that is. Look, the Raiders, you know, regardless of what happens against the Tigers, they're still going to be in the hunt. So Croker, I think, is a safe bet. Pete, the biggest worry would be Penrith go up to Darwin and somehow Parramatta knock them over. Bryce Cartwright's had an ankle injury. He's been carrying the last few weeks. He redoes it. Penrith, they're already pretty much gone for the eight, and they just turn to him and say, you're gone for the year. Surely that is the biggest concern at the moment when you're thinking, I can wait another week. It's a gamble, yeah. If you can wait another week, you you would wait. But um, as Ryan said, if you're if you're desperate to, to try and win, you you've got to try and go for broke. I think these choices seem quite good uh, for mine. But um, as you said, with their run home, but yeah, leave it as late as you can. If you if you don't have to um, if you don't have to win this week, then then wait. But if you if you can't, then yeah, go for it. If, and you know, if Cartwright gets injured up there, then so be. You've got to have a go. I'll read out the um, run home for the three players. Croker's predicted to get score 60 this week, uh, 42 next week, 66 the week after, 76 in round 25 and 60 in round 26. It's a great final few rounds, a good round this round two for him. And he's only 320,000. So it's, it's, it's tough to leave him out. I think that's your obvious one. Bryce Carter a bit more expensive at 354. Now he's predicted 57 this week, 56, 54, 57 and 62. The problem with Cartwright's predictor is two factors. One is that he goes, he sometimes plays a full eighty, sometimes doesn't. The other is he plays as a roving, almost like a fullback plays in this day and age, where he can pop up left side of the field or right side of the field. Now, 
You'll rarely see that in other teams, set, especially from their second rowers. And so when we're comparing like for like, it, you may not quite get that parallel. So Cartwright's numbers are going to be a little skewed. Josh Dugan, I know you mentioned you wouldn't mind getting to know his numbers too. Round 22, 61. Round 23, 42. But then, listen to this. 66, 76 and 60. Great last three rounds. So Josh Dugan, if you can manufacture that, could be better than than any of them. So that's another one to consider. And um, on that note, guys, I think we're just about done uh, for this week. Uh, quick quick quiz. Um, captain's choice this week, Andrew. I know we, meant, we talked about James Maloney both on the show and, and beforehand. That's, that's where you're looking. Yeah, again, I think it's another point of difference. Um, I honestly think that... <coughs> sorry, excuse me. That uh, the Sharks are going to roll the Cowboys this weekend. And I don't think JT, he's, he's been up for so many weeks. I think, um, I'm not death riding him. I think he's a wonderful player. I just don't think uh, he can go that large against. And, I mean, just look at the matchup with the Roosters versus Newcastle. I mean, <laughs> bring a plate, it's going to be pretty big. So I think uh, either Maloney or even RTS to go large this week as your captain. Pete, your you're Saints played Newcastle last week. Um, yeah, Chivasa Shek, is it, you know, could be anything? Could be, but gee, we've seen the Roosters lose some games this year they should have won. Uh, a couple against Cronulla come to mind. Mm. Um, I'm thinking maybe, yeah, Maloney is not a bad choice, so I said I'm a little bit guarded. Um, if you have a look at the Storm Titans game, geez, I'll tell you what, I know the Titans won down there last year, but I'm, I'm not expecting to start <laughs> in on Sunday. <laughs> It's been a long 12 months for Gold Coast. Oh, God, yeah. That's <laughs> not what. Um, Cameron Smith, look, you're right. I mean, if they put up 40, kicks a bunch of goals, you know. They've been horrible against dummy halves, the Titans, yeah. all year. Even when they were winning games. They couldn't stop hookers from scoring super coach points. Yeah. It's a good It's a good choice. All right, captain's choice. Um, yeah, can't go past RTS, to be honest. Um, I, yeah, I'm just looking over everyone and looking at matchups, and um, you just have to go with the um, with the obvious, uh, with the obvious. And to me, that's that's yeah, blatantly obvious. And I guess the safe play going backwards, um, but certainly should do well. You mentioned the Sharks, yeah, great opportunity to roll the Cowboys this week is Paul Gallant because if if the, if the, if the Sharks do beat. North Queensland, it's on the back of Paul Gallen maybe getting to 100 supercoach points. All right, that does it for the show. I um, uh, hope that uh, you've got some useful information out, out of that, as we like to do each and every week, of course, on this Roundtable podcast. Ryan, thank you so much. No worries. Pete, thank you. Good luck to your Saints. A much-needed win on the weekend. Thank you. Good luck to your Tigers as well. Yeah, well, you know. I'm Any wins are bonus for us. <laughs> Andrew, you you guys, um, although I've done the maths, I was going to say it's a must-win for you too, but, but, but technically it's not. You can still afford to drop one more. But I think obviously. we can drop one more, yeah, yeah, but I mean, when you start talking mathematics, it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty grim, isn't it? So um, I'm going to go do some more self-hating and watch the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel better to be a Tiger supporter watching how badly the, uh, the Ashes is going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that is it 
of course, for the Roundtable Podcast. I am Paulie G, and of course, you can get all the podcasts archived there at www.supercoachpros.com. And don't forget to look up the Supercoach previews, match recaps, Pete's profits, and the upgrades, downgrades on there as well. And very importantly, that you follow us on Twitter at Supercoach Pros, Supercoach P-R-O-S. We will be tweeting out all weekend the last minute changes and we'll talk to you again probably on Wednesday for next week's Roundtable podcast. Bye for now.